Welcome to the Horsewise Podcast with Lynn Reardon, where we share stories of horses and people and what they teach each other. On today's episode, I'll talk about the difference between a shutdown horse and a truly calm horse, and why that distinction is so important to recognize. I hope you enjoy the show and have a wonderful day. On today's episode, I'd like to talk to you about an important difference, and that is the difference between a horse that is shut down versus a horse that is truly calm. And many times people use the term bomb-proof to refer to a horse. They usually use it as a form of compliment. This horse is so quiet and so completely experienced that literally a bomb could go off and that horse would not react. That's kind of where the term bomb-proof comes from. And uh, I've come to sort of see the term bomb-proof as a red flag, as kind of a warning sign, because many horses that are described as bomb-proof are in fact shut down and not truly calm. Now, as an aside, there's an exception, uh, a certain kind of horse I'm going to set as an exception here in this discussion, and those are those great older lesson horses that kids grow up riding. Those horses, I think, truly are like incredibly quiet and calm and patient. Uh, they're the kinds of horses that no matter how hard the child kicks, they're not going to go above a walk. That's a little bit of a different category of horse. A horse I would really categorize as worth its weight in gold. But I'm talking more about horses, let's say, that are above and beyond that type of horse in terms of people who are more experienced, uh, having horses of their own, and they ch- they're looking for a horse that is, again, bomb-proof, or they have a horse that's bomb-proof, and then they get a little bit of a surprise. So what prompted this topic for me is uh, well, one thing was that I saw a photo on Facebook that was making the rounds a couple years ago, and it was a sales ad for a horse, and it showed a horse in the middle of arena, and it had multiple tarps on it. It had it actually had I think a lawn chair on top of its back, flags, uh, bells, everything was kind of stacked all over this horse, and the horse was just standing there, with this sort of resigned expression on his face. And the ad was basically saying, hey, this horse is bomb proof. And I looked at that photo, some of my friends and I, and we were like, that horse is totally shut down. That horse is not enjoying this experience. And that horse is really not a horse that I would want to be riding because he's so non-reactive to everything. In a sense, that horse has learned to just withdraw not have any real say in the matter. People are going to pile lawn furniture on top of me and tarps. And I've learned that if I just stand still and kind of take it, that eventually they will remove the lawn furniture and the tarps and the assorted wild things that are all over me. So that horse isn't really a participant in that whole exercise. He's just sort of standing there and taking it. And I kind of compare it to, let's say, if you have a child, um, you're a teacher, you have a child, and that child tends to be a little hyperactive, and you decide to essentially tie the child up to its desk and bombard it with all kinds of stimulation until it learns to just be quiet. At the end of the day, you would probably have a child who would, in fact, just sort of sit there and be quiet, but they would not be in any way part of the process. 
they had just simply learned to withdraw and not make any reaction in order for the stimulation to be removed. So it is not actually a true calmness, if that makes sense. It's a patterned response. There can be a temptation too in certain kinds of training disciplines to set things up where you want that horse to simply not react. You want that horse to go and do its job, do it very methodically, and not really offer anything else to the picture. So I'm coming in, I'm going to do my reining run, or I'm a calf roper, and I really don't want to know what my horse thinks about all this. I just really need the horse to put in a good run or to put in a good reining pattern or whatever the sport may be. And truly, I want my horse to kind of keep his head maybe kind of low and just, just do the job. If the horse isn't interested in that, I make it pretty clear as a trainer that that is not something that will be rewarded. It's not necessarily going to be punished. I'm not saying that this is a, a cruel approach, but for certain horses, particularly ones with more sensitive temperaments, uh, this kind of creates a scenario where they feel like, whoa, I don't want to make a mistake. I want to do the right thing. So I'm just going to kind of stay a little bit withdrawn and do whatever I'm told and not really look up too much. I just don't want to make a mistake. Just don't want to make a mistake. You might see this more in some disciplines that require the horses to perform at a very young age, you know, racetracks. Uh, there's a lot of three-year-olds, two-year-olds racing at a high level. You also see it in any sport that has a fraternity kind of component in the competition structure. You really want those young horses to go in, kind of keep their head down and get their job done so that they can, again, perform at a certain level at a young age. At least with the race horses, the performance standard is to run really fast. So that in and of itself doesn't tend to as much produce a shutdown personality. You tend to see that more when a horse has been running for a long time. Uh, the war horses, as we call them, they often become very stoic, kind of good soldier types, but it takes a longer time to do that in that particular discipline. So you might be saying about now, so what? So what if my horse is a little shut down? I, I mean, he's quiet, he's calm, he gets the job done. Um, I'm happy with him. Why do I want a horse that is all you know, responsive? I'd rather have a horse that just does what I say, that when I sense, essentially push the button, that that horse does what I ask them to do. Well, the difficulty with that is that if your horse is shut down and isn't really sort of with you and participating in the proceedings, that means that that horse is really, to some degree, a little bit submerged, right? He's a little bit withdrawn. So if anything comes up then that isn't in that horse's normal frame of reference, something that startles them out of that withdrawn kind of position, they can react in a huge way. And th these are the horses that people say, my horse was doing great and then, quote, all of a sudden, close quote, something bad happened or the horse behaved badly or whatever, whatever the end of that sentence is. So usually when I hear people saying, hey, I have a horse and all of a sudden something went wrong, in the back of my mind, I go, that horse was probably a little shut down or the person wasn't super aware of some signals that the horse was sending or some combination of both. But most of the time, it's that the horse is shut down and it kind of took everybody by surprise. So that's one reason it's important to have a horse that's actually sort of responsive and with you. I personally, if I was out riding on trails, if my horse saw something that it thought was a concern, I would like for that horse to notice it and then to check in with me. So that's different than the horse noticing something and then spooking and getting upset. 
say you're going along and the horse sees something in the distance. Let's say uh, this is something that happened to me many years ago. For some bizarre reason, someone was walking a llama on this trail. This, llamas can be pretty freakish for horses. And the horse I was riding just saw the, this kind of alien head peering around the trees that belonged to the llama. And the horse was a calm horse. He's a good horse. And he kind of paused and snorted a little and lifted his head and, and he checked in with me. You know, he kind of looked over his shoulder at me and I sort of adjusted the reins and I was like, hey, we're just going to stand here and, and kind of look at this for a second. And if you get scared, I'm going to help you out with that. And so he kind of stood his ground and again, kind of waited for my signal, but he didn't ignore it. If I'd been riding a horse that totally ignored that, I would feel a little concerned. I, I really don't want to be riding kind of a zombie horse that's unaware or is too concerned about not making a mistake that they don't even want to look around. They don't even want to look up. Those are the horses that, again, when they do get in trouble, they get into a lot of trouble and they take you with them. With the current trend in desensitization in training, people do tend to focus on, well, if someone can ride this horse and crack a bullwhip off it and ride it through rings of fire and put a tarp over its head and gallop around and you know, wave sparklers and shoot guns and jump on flatbeds and jump off flatbeds and drive cars. I mean, and I, I respect a trainer who can set a horse up to do that for sure. But at the same time, if that horse doesn't have a good foundation, those things simply become kind of tricks or cues that the horse learns, but they're not necessarily truly calm at heart. Again, they may know that if the trainer tells them to do something or if they've consistently practiced working with a bullwhip or jumping through fire, that this is something that they'll be rewarded for being steady. That is still different than actually being calm about new things that cross their horizon. I personally have never had to, fortunately, ride through rings of fire during a pleasure ride. I hope I never have to. That would be disturbing. Uh, but I do often encounter things that the horse that I'm riding have, hasn't seen before. It can be something as simple as, depending on the horse, you know, something's changed in the arena or a bunch of deer jump out or we're kind of going along a trail and there's a sudden break and, and a big piece of equipment is there in a clearing that wasn't there the other day. And uh, my horse might need to just kind of take a minute and look at that and take that in and then we move on, no big deal. So again, it's about this idea that if you train a horse to not respond to stimulation and to be kind of rewarded for, again, never looking up, never really wanting to check things out, then when the horse sees something that it hasn't encountered in this sort of desensitization training cues, they often sometimes can get really scared and they don't check in with you because they've been, again, sort of accustomed to, hey, I just sort of follow the rules. I don't quite look up. I just wait to be told what to do. That in the event of something unusual happening, they don't know who to turn to. And they don't kind of have a frame of reference within themselves, a confidence. And that's when, again, things can go a little bit awry. And often the people who ride those horses on a regular basis aren't aware of this going on. So should something come up that the horse is troubled about, or the horse has a sudden burst of emotion, sometimes the riders have absolutely no idea how to handle it. It's very startling to them too. It's like, where did that come from? We've never, we've never dealt with that before. And they might tense up and then that, that creates again, a kind of a chain reaction that can, can be kind of troubling and upsetting to both the horse and the rider. 
and we'd all like to avoid those kind of situations. Sometimes people then get mad at the horse. They feel like, hey, you let me down, or it's almost like some kind of a contract had been broken. You know, the contract between us was that we kind of have our routine. You always do the same thing the same way without any kind of trouble. We compete at shows. We go on big, long trail rides. I don't really need to think because you know your job and I just kind of give you the cues and off we go. But really a good riding partnership isn't based on that type of dynamic. It's a little more of a give and take and it also allows for variables for sometimes things to come up where each party, the horse and the rider, kind of have to check in with each other and work together as a team. No one loves a well-trained horse and appreciates a well-trained horse more than I do. But my idea of a well-trained horse is not a horse that's robotic or that behaves like a really fancy version of a four-wheeler. I really want to have a sense of what my horse is thinking, of my horse's even personality and how it is perceiving the world around it while I'm on his back. That to me is a lot more of a elevated experience to have with the horse. And it's also where the truly the best performances come from, if that is your goal. Um, Truly refined riding comes from the understanding between the horse and the rider, and then how that is applied in precision footwork, whether again, it's dressage or it's reined cow horse or whatever your discipline is. It isn't a matter of here's the cue and just absolutely do the step perfectly every time. It's just not how it works. The horse is a kind of a living, breathing creature who actually makes decisions. And you do need to take that into account in the training. And sometimes horses, you know, they misunderstand things. Again, let's take the case of a young horse who's being trained by a good trainer in a good training barn for a futurity. Maybe that horse is a little more sensitive under the surface. And that particular training approach and a high kind of caliber performance in the show pen at a young age has created a scenario where the horse really feels like it needs to, again, never make a mistake. And it takes things to heart and doesn't really, really show that in any way. It's just always performing, always performing, and always getting praise for that. Then when the horse goes out into the world, maybe becomes a trail riding horse later in its career, some things become unglued. It's kind of like someone who's been trained to be a CPA and that's all they ever know how to do. And then you take them out and ask them to go on a cruise to Europe and they sort of lose their minds, you know, because that structure isn't there anymore. And they've never learned to cope with certain things, to deal with certain things and to, again, look their person up and and feel like there's reassurance there. There's not a lot of reassurance if a cue doesn't work anymore because you don't understand some of the, the new environment. There's nothing to fall back on on that point. What we're really talking about here is a form of learned helplessness. And that is a term you'll hear sometimes in horsemanship. And of course, you'll also hear it applied to human psychology as well. We're in a sense, the the desire and the aptitude to be curious, to seek out answers has been removed. The horse learns to simply stay within the cues and never initiate any other kind of sort of volition. And they definitely have learned not to check in with the person. They, they have no kind of independent process for dealing with new things. They've been, again, accidentally, most of the time, 
shut down. And we know people who are like that too, who when they get outside their normal environment, you know, again, like the CPA or whatever it is, that they simply no longer can cope, even though they can be very competent, smart, uh, kind people. Another element you sometimes see in shutdown horses, a certain type of shutdown horse, is a horse that's actually become quite disrespectful and the person hasn't noticed. And that's a horse who's, again, super calm, bomb-proof. These horses, they never like to move their feet. They get really slow and kind of balky and people go, oh, he's so calm and quiet. He's bomb-proof. He just, it's, it's really hard to get him to go. It's just how he is. What is basically going on there is that the horse is pretty much deciding where and how it wants to go, which is not very far and not very fast. And the person is just going along with it. Those horses, uh, when they decide to sort of emerge, they tend to emerge in a more aggressive way. And it might be where you actually have to have that horse do something, or you ask a little too much, or maybe you hire a trainer or a horseman to come in and, and sort of work with that horse. And then the horse is like, hey, that wasn't the arrangement. And that's when you get that kind of adolescent bad boy sort of behavior coming up. But the horses that I kind of have concentrated more on this particular podcast are the ones that are maybe more uh, concerned, nervous, sensitive underneath that shutdown demeanor, because it seems like those are the ones that maybe need the most help in some ways. A horse like this has really, in a sense, lost its confidence or it never developed a strong confidence about itself. And I always feel for those horses. So how do you tell if your horse, your seemingly quiet horse is actually a calm horse or is your horse a little shut down? And there's a few really kind of basic things to look at, even just when you're saddling your horse or getting your horse ready. So let's say you have your horse tied to the trailer or wherever you tie your horse when you're coming to an event and you go to saddle your horse, you just do your normal routine. What is your horse's demeanor? And you might say, well, he's just standing there. It's like, well, just look a little more closely. What's the expression? Is he, is he tight in the mouth at all? Is he stock still not looking at anything? When you ask him to move, maybe sometimes does he flinch just a little teeny bit and then move kind of quickly away? Or do you have to kind of pound on him to get him to move his hindquarter over while you step around? What, what's kind of going on there? Horses that are shut down will sometimes almost seem immobile. They'll almost seem a little robotic again. And you really want a horse, even when they're being tied and feeling calm to, you know, occasionally be flicking an ear, maybe yawning a little bit, showing some signs of true relaxation rather than just being a statue. I have an earlier podcast episode, it's episode seven, about how a young colt and an older horse in a trailer taught me the very important distinction between a horse that looks calm and a one that really is calm. And uh, I had to sort of find that out the hard way. So look at these little things. Probably the key thing that I notice about a shutdown horse, again, gets back to its expression. Horses that are shut down tend to have almost a little bit of a remote look to them facially, but also in their body. Like I said, they're just a little too immobile. Um, when they're being asked to stand still or not perform. Even when they're performing, you might see that the horse doesn't have a ton of animation. And by animation, I mean, you look at that horse and you can tell what that horse's personality is or the way that it moves. How is it feeling about the work that it's doing? Now, I'm not talking about being so touchy-feely about your horse that you don't care how it moves in the show pen or for whatever work that you're doing with the horse. I'm just saying, you know, in, in a colleague situation that we're 
where you work with people, you kind of want to work with someone where you know how they're feeling about it at that moment. That's how you, you collaborate, how you get more work done. You don't want the guy over there who, you know, responds to you in mon- kind of one syllable words and never ever has any interaction with you beyond that. It's, it's harder to kind of get things done with that kind of person. In the case of the horse, sometimes that makes it easier if you're only looking at it from a superficial perspective. But if you can kind of apply that and go, hey, is my horse even like part of this? Or am I just expecting him to do what I say all the time? And he's not really participating. I don't even know if he's enjoying it. I can't tell. I can't tell if this is something that is physically working for him. I can't tell. If you can't tell those things, that's a good sign that maybe something's going on where your horse is not really 100% sort of part of the of the activity. Another thing I like to look at is how does the horse respond if, if it misunderstands you in a cue? For example, let's say you ask your horse to pick up the right lead and he accidentally picks up the left lead or he misunderstands the cue and you go to correct him. How does he respond to that? Does he go, oh my God, I'm sorry. Does he like immediately kind of freeze for a second and then properly engage the cue? What does he do? Um, that is something to look at because a horse that has been, again, taught to, hey, don't ever make a mistake, they can get a little anxious if they make any kind of an error or they might overreact. Like they didn't make an error. Maybe you actually wanted to turn left instead of right and you kind of cued him a little quickly to correct yourself and he kind of goes like that. There's just that little kind of almost like flutter in the movement or a little bit of anxiety. That's typically coming up with a horse that might be a little bit shut down and again is worried that they won't perform just the way you want, just the way the cue said. Another thing I like to look at is how does the horse respond outside its usual environment. Now by that I don't mean just going to new show arenas or to new ranches to ride if if you all you do is ride out at ranches or go to the show pen. If your show pen horse goes out on a trail ride, how does he handle that? Or if the horse you usually ride out on the trails, if you ask that horse to do some circles in the arena and uh, maybe be in a small schooling show, how does that horse respond to that? Those are where you can see kind of learned helplessness come up a little bit. Because if they way overreact, and I'm not talking about reasonable amounts of, hey, this is different, I'm maybe a little excited or a little bit, you know, nervous. I'm talking about horses that really have a strong reaction that seem almost like different horses, like a split personality. That's a pretty good sign that your horse probably started out being a little bit shut down. The good news is if you can be patient and just allow for a little bit of time and do some different kinds of exercises and routines with your horse, it is totally possible to bring out a horse that's shut down and kind of help them get more confident about a broader variety of things rather than only being within certain cues. And and it's a fun process. I feel like you get to know your horse better and you ultimately end up with better performance and a a happier horse, happier in the sense of more confident in itself and, and its ability to perform. If you're listening to this and you think, well, I'm not sure. Maybe my horse is shut down or maybe it's not and I'm kind of confused where to even begin to assess that or to help the horse if I know it's shut down. 
I have designed a free three-part email course just to kind of get people started on little things to do to help assess the horse and also to kind of begin the process of getting to know the horse better and building that horse's confidence. It's fun and it's simple, like everything I do. And uh, if you're interested in that, would like more information, you can send me an email at horsewisecoach at iclown.com and I would be glad to send you the free three-part email course. And uh, as always, I look forward to hearing from you. A lot of times with the podcasts, I get emails and people come up to me even in person and ask me about some of the things I've talked about. And I just really want to thank everyone for their interest and for caring about the horses. Thank you for listening. And I hope you have a wonderful day.